What is the opposite of truth? It's not, uh, in order for something to be its counter, an opposite has to be its counter equal. So up, down, left, right. But truth is truth. Truth, a lie requires truth for it to be there. How do I know something's a lie? Because I know what truth is. But it's not its counter opposite. The only way a lie can actually really exist is because truth is there. But in order for something to be an opposite, it has to have its counter equal. So up, down, left, right. But truth is not just, uh, just a, a nice thought. The Bible says that Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Are you tracking with me? I am the way, the truth, and the life. So when Jesus said that, He is saying, I have no equal. He is saying, I am truth, I am God. That is huge. If you really catch that and understand it and why it really matters is because right now we live in a culture and a society where truth all of a sudden is relative. Truth is my truth. In fact, a few months ago, Annie preached a brilliant word about um, truth and she talked uh, about the word of the year in 2016 was post-truth. And what is post-truth? Post-truth basically means this. The objective facts are less influential in shaping public opinion than emotional appeals. So in other words, I can get, if I can get to your emotions, then I can change someone's truth. But truth is regardless of what you think. Truth is just truth. It is established. And what is truth? Truth has a name and I can define truth in one word. Jesus. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth and the life. But why would we even think about this, this thought of post-truth? Why would this even make any sense? Because Jesus saying He is truth is saying He is God. Now think about the shift that's happening in our culture today is people saying, no, I am truth. And when you say, it's my truth, go live your truth, man. Go live your thing. And you say, it's my truth. What are you actually saying? You're saying, I'm God. I am the one who's the boss. I decide what's morally right and wrong. I decide whether I go left or right. It's almost as if God has been taken out of the picture. There's this uh, really good example or illustration that Ravi Zacharias uh, uses. Anybody heard of Ravi Zacharias? He's a beautiful man, a great uh, apologist. And he talks about how uh, you're in a car and you ever been in a car and you're sitting there at the traffic light, whether you're driving or not, and the other car around you starts moving, but you think it's you and you freak out. Oh, and you put your <laughs> foot on the brake and you kind of, I've done this a bunch of times. So the first thing you do is you look to your left or right to find either a street pole, something else, something that's anchored in the ground and something that is absolute and stuck. You see what's happening here? Is this what our generation is trying to do right now is take away the anchor of truth out of society. And so people are now can do anything they want, think anything they want, say anything they want. But we believe that truth is absolute, that truth is Jesus. And I don't wanna be uh, the kind of person who falls into the trap of thinking, well, it's, it's my truth. This is how I feel. And based on my life experiences, this is what is true for me. And you'll hear it expressed in different ways like this. Well, this is what I believe. Well, it doesn't really matter what you believe. What's true? 
Well, I don't think I could do that. Well, who cares what you think you could do? What's truth? What's, what is the truth of God's Word? Well, you know, it's just always been that way. Well, it doesn't matter what it's always been. What's truth? What does truth actually say about you? And so here's a few things on truth. Truth is a compass. See, once truth, which is I'm saying Jesus, Jesus is in your heart and you now have a compass. When you have to make a decision to go left or to go right, because truth is now established in your heart, you have a compass. You can make a decision. You know, there's many decisions that I've had to make over the years uh, with Ellie and I. And one of the, obviously one of the big ones, as you can hear from our accent straight up, is the decision to leave Australia and move to America. And how did we make that decision? Because the circumstances emotionally said, don't do it. At the time, it was Oscar, our eldest child. He was the only grandson on all of Ellie's side. And so the decision I was making was to pull a grandchild, which they'd been praying for and believing for for a long time, and put him on the other side of the planet. That was the decision. But because truth was in my heart, the decision was easy to make. I had a compass. I was not driven by my emotional needs. I was driven by serving Jesus. Truth is absolute. We believe that it is absolute. And we believe that it is trustworthy. It is a foundation that you can stand on. And when truth is absolute, it's so comforting. It's so, you know, I, I, I sometimes talk to people and they don't know what to believe. They don't know who to trust because this, that truth is not there. It's absentee, it's missing. And so they are subject to many people's opinions. And, you know, whether it's this news channel or that news channel, you can be looking at the exact same event and it can go completely two different ways. You know, I, I did remember watching, a, um, I think it was a Trump rally and I was watching on Fox News and on Fox News they were showing the Trump rally inside and him speaking and then on the CNN they were showing the riots outside, the same event. <laughs> Everyone's got a different opinion, right? <laughs> So truth is a foundation, a foundation that you can stand on, that you can trust. And finally, truth is a person. Truth is the person of Jesus. And I think when it comes down to it, we have to ask ourselves, I think a thinking person would say this, uh, can I trust in the Bible? Can I trust in the authenticity of the Bible? And then if you were to ask that question, it should ultimately lead you to this question, not just can I trust the Bible, it's the Bible is about Jesus. It's really a love letter about who he is. Can I trust in who Jesus says he is and did what he said that he did and can do what he says he can do? Do I trust that? Is he absolutely king? Did he actually rise from the dead? Because if that is true, then we need to listen to every word that comes out of his mouth. And we can now bank on as a foundation that's absolute, a compass that we can trust in, the person of Jesus. We can trust in that. And so when he speaks and says all of the promises that are in Scripture, we can believe for that because he declared it and said it. We can now walk with a confidence, not just in self or how I feel or how I think, but in terms of what's really going on. Now, deception Deception wants to twist truth. 
It wants to make you think that you know what's happening and what's going on. And I kind of think that the symptoms, uh, deception has symptoms in a person. And I would say it's living outside of the favour of God or freedom in Christ. That's what deception does. It takes you away from the favour or the promises of Scripture because you've been deceived. Jesus doesn't heal anymore. That died out with the apostles. That's a lie. I don't believe that's true. I believe that when Jesus said that He can heal people, that we will heal and we will do greater things, I believe that we will do greater things. That's what Scripture says. And so some people have fallen for that lie and now living outside of the favour of God. I have seen people healed. And I've told this story many a time. It's a little off track. But even as a young guy, I was new to Christianity. I went to the church that had a healing person come through and kind of felt a little fuzzy and that was it, but not really anything, to be honest. But one of our friends broke his leg playing basketball and I, was, I believe I was in seventh grade and he broke his ankle. He went to hospital. He came to school the next day with a cast. So I said to my friend, hey, Let's go and let's go pray for him. Quick, let's get as many people to watch as well so they can see it happen. I had no clue what I was doing. I was just pure innocent faith, very passionate, and said, let's pray. Quick, everyone, stretch your hands out. <laughs> no one knew. Everyone's sitting there eating sandwiches, just watching me. <laughs> I was the only one with my hand out. And I'm praying and I'm believing and I'm just believing that God's going to heal this. And I said, and I'm just trying to copy what I heard it. Do you feel anything? Can you feel anything? Listen, people. <laughs> and he's like, he's like, it's really tingly. I said, all right, good. That's a good sign. That's what happened last night. More tingles. <laughs> he kept praying for it. Well, he goes home and he goes home and it starts tingling out of control so much that he goes to the hospital and the doctor x-rays the leg again and the broken bone is healed. They take the cast off and he comes to school the next day and he's completely healed. Now, I'm not going to give myself any credit there, but come on. <laughs> but if you've believed, if you've been deceived that healing can't take place, then you fall into this trap of not believing what's true. Is it actually true, some of the things that have been spoken and said over you and living outside of the freedom that we have in Christ? The enemy wants to get in and he wants to deceive you about your view of God. And I believe it kind of comes from two different perspectives. Sometimes he tries to hang us up intellectually. That's what the enemy tries to do, intellectually trap us. So we think that that can't actually happen. Well, science says... It doesn't matter what science says. Science doesn't say anything. Scientists say stuff. Science is just science. What God says might trump what science says. Amen. And sometimes the circumstances may say, well, one plus one equals do the natural laws say this. It doesn't matter. God lives outside of those laws and we can believe in the promises of God that He can do only what He can do because that's the kind of God that we serve. Do you know that that's a promise for you? Do you know that when you pray, you are allowed to pray those kind of prayers and believe for so much more? You know, uh, a lot of people this week would have probably saw an article um, uh, of two, two people. One was the uh, Kiss Dating Goodbye book. Has anybody ever read that, A Kiss Dating Goodbye? I, I never read it. I dated. <laughs> uh, oops. 
Well, unfortunately, uh, this guy stepped down from his church and uh, is in the process of divorcing his wife, and which is really a, quite a sad story. But he, it, when I read the article on the reasons why, when you really read into it, it's, it was a very emotional and intellectual argument, very emotional, intellectual. Uh, one of my friends in Australia, you might have heard of him, a guy named Marty Sampson, famous uh, worship musician guy. Uh, we grew up, our church was pretty close to Hillsong. We're like a family church. And, and uh, the article came out this week that he's really questioning his faith. But when you read these articles, what I've realised from reading these articles this week is that what happened is, is that sometimes people get trapped or hung up intellectually or they get trapped and hung up emotionally. So for example, something emotionally significant can happen. But just want you to catch this scripture first here. Um, otherwise, I'm going to get in real trouble off Ellie. Uh, John 14, 6 is Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. And then the next one is the enemy has a plan really to trap you. And I want you to catch this one. It's in 2 Corinthians uh, 10, 4 to 5. It says, For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down arguments, every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. The enemy wants to deceive you intellectually, to limit you from the favour and the freedom that Christ has for you. The enemy wants to hold you back intellectually and make you lean on your understanding, not on God. And what happens is these articles come out and these things get written and these things get said. And then without us taking them to God, we get caught, trapped intellectually and we can't find a path to truth. Or an emotional experience will happen. You know, I, uh, there's many uh, people who have gone through uh, significant emotional moments in their life and, and they are heartbreaking, things that happen, losing a loved one, losing a child, all of these different things happen in people's lives. But I believe that the Holy Spirit is the one that can lead us to truth so that we can find freedom and hope in Him and we can find the freedom that Christ has for us. Maybe this morning you've had an emotional experience with a church, with a pastor, with a person, with a significant other, with a boss, with a parent, and you've had this emotional trauma and it's kept you outside of living in the favour and the freedom that God has for you and you're trapped. And the good news this morning is this, is that there is a path for you to walk into truth, into freedom and into favour that God has for you. You don't have to stay trapped and stuck on that issue that you have right now. And think about the thing that you're probably thinking about right now. What's true? How you feel? Can you trust in your feelings? I believe feelings are a great thing. They're a guide. They're a, an assistant. But truth, uh, uh, our emotions and our intellect are subject to truth. They have to be subject to truth. Truth is in charge. Truth outweighs what I intellectually think about it or how I emotionally feel about it. And so I want to find where is truth? Where do I get that truth from? The enemy has a plan. He wants to put thoughts 
into your head that will keep you trapped. He doesn't want you to win. I think sometimes we forget that Jesus is truth. Jesus is truth. And so we don't make that path back to Christ, meaning that, meaning that although I'm a huge fan of seeking medical treatment, obviously I've been in hospital a few times this year, um, I'm a huge fan of getting emotional support like a therapist. But at the end of the day, those things are subject to the truth of God's Word. You know, it's so funny after church sometimes people come up to me and they say, man, that was an awesome word. Thank you so much. That really ministered specifically to me. And, and they say the story of how it ministered and, and what that message meant and how they interpret. Then the next person over here will say, man, that message was awesome. And it really ministered specifically to this area. And I'm like, I didn't even talk on that. And it's just amazing how, it's amazing how the Word does the work and prayer does the heavy lifting. It's almost like we've forgotten. It's not Mark ministering to you. It's truth ministering to you. Truth is correcting those crooked places. Truth is healing those emotional wounds. But we have to allow the truth of God's Word, Jesus, we have to allow Jesus to get into those places to complete those healings, to do what only Jesus can do. Isn't this good news this morning? Many, I am not trapped. You are not what someone has said about you, not, including the good things. You are not limited by what people have declared over you. You are not trapped by that. You are more than that. What does Jesus think about you? What does Jesus say about you? And when you come into alignment with truth, your life will change. You won't stay trapped. You can't stay trapped. Jesus wants to heal. So here's, here's the sum up, not sum up, or here's the sum of what I want to say. Everyone in this room, we all have a truth problem. Everybody say, I have a truth problem. All right. And, and I think this sometimes we, we, we misunderstand this. Um, I, I do, I have a truth problem. So you, you don't have a marriage problem. You have a truth problem. What? Hang on a minute. But, but you don't understand, Mark. My partner said this, or my partner did this. No, 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 you don't have a, a marriage problem. You have a truth problem. But uh, well, what do you mean? It doesn't make sense. Well, Jesus said in his scripture that we are to forgive seven times 70. And, but you don't understand. No, 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 listen. If we trust that he is truth, then we are trusting that when we forgive, the power of forgiveness is gonna bring healing into that situation. And you know what? we either believe what Jesus said or we don't. We either trust that when he said that forgiveness is going to be greater. Forgiveness, you know, I just want to say this too, by the way, is that when I ask for that forgiveness, I notice one thing, truth actually changes me. It doesn't change the other person. I don't think, well, if I forgive, then I'm hoping that they'll change. No, the truth of Jesus is going to change you. And when you change, that tends to get the attention of the people around you. They go, oh my gosh, you're different. You're confident. You're on a foundation. You are living with confidence. You don't have fear. You don't get angry. You live with the conviction that what Jesus said is actually real. I'm taking it for real. You know, I don't have a financial problem. I don't have a financial challenge right now. I have a truth challenge. I don't have a financial problem. I have a truth challenge. 
a, tr a truth problem. Well, how does that make sense? Mark, you understand I can't afford to, to pay my bills. Well, that's another topic. We can talk about that. But uh, I don't have a financial problem. I have a truth, a, a truth problem. Well, what do you mean? Well, Ellie just read a beautiful scripture from Malachi that says that God wants to open up the windows of heaven and pour financial blessing over my life. I even believe that what Jesus said, what the Word of God says is true or I don't. I either take him up and say, okay, God, I'm going to trust in the truth. Emotionally, I don't want to tithe. I don't want to give. Uh, intellectually, I know what my bills are and what my living expenses are. But God's Word says to bring the tithe into the storehouse. And this message is not supposed to be a message on giving. And if you're new, we don't do this every week like this. I agree? Good. Amen. I'm not crazy, man. But what I do believe is that when Scripture says something, I either believe it or I don't. I have a truth problem. Do I believe that it's true? You know, I think there are many prescriptions out there right now for the body, uh, but there's only one prescription for your soul, and that's Jesus. The truth of who Jesus is. And we can do many, I mean, as I'm a, like I said before, um, I thank God that the doctors were able to give me the antibiotics and my blood sepsis or whatever it's called, all completely gone and, you know, I'm back to being good looking again and, uh, and I'm all for it. But, this, but, but those med medicines can't heal my soul. Only Jesus can get into that place where He truly changes me on my ins from my inside out. And I want you to, with this comment, I just want you to hold on to your tomatoes right now. How do you say it? Tomato, tomato, which, whichever one you like. <laughs> I would say America's not a free country because we won a war. We're free because Jesus set us free on the inside. You know, there's people right now that are in prison that are freer than people who are out of prison because they have the freedom of Jesus inside them that is, has truly set them free. And I would say that I would believe as a church that we would ask Jesus intellectually or emotionally to get into those places, let truth come in and align us back to what God says and declares about us. So here's a good question. How do I get from my truth to the truth? How do I go along that path? Well, let's go back to the scripture that I read before, John 14, 15. And you can take your moment there to write that down or turn to it. And it says, If you love me, obey my commandments. And I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate. He will give you another advocate who will never leave you. He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. The Holy Spirit will lead us into truth. He wants to lead us into truth. And why do we say that? It's because John 8, 32 says, and you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. Jesus will make you free. So, if you are emotionally caught, your path to healing is in partnership with the Holy Spirit into truth, into Jesus. That's what's going to bring that healing. Only Jesus can bring this healing. Only Jesus can do what He can do. Intellectually right now, you may have some serious questions about God. Well, what, what about this? This doesn't make sense. Well, as you in partnership with the Holy Spirit, allow Him to guide you back into truth. 
Allow those thoughts, surrender them to Christ. Go on that journey with Him. Allow Him to speak. And He is such a faithful God that He will fulfil His Word and bring truth alignment back into our world and to our hearts. So I would say sometimes what's holding us back is not the devil. I remember when I was growing up, everything was the devil. It was the devil here and the devil there. Everything had a devil, actually, a demon in it. My big brother burnt all of his um, Motley Crue records and he said there was demons laughing in the flames. And I said, really? (laughs) All right. (laughs) True story. (laughs) But I, I often think the devil gets scapegoated and he likes it because I'm not taking responsibility and ownership of going on that journey into truth of Christ, allowing Him to heal me from the inside out. And sometimes, you know what, it's stubbornness. Sometimes it's, I don't actually trust and truly believe what the Word of God is. Do I actually truly at the foundation? So right now, my suggestion is to take that, that thing and, and take a seat at a table, put that thing metaphorically on the table and ask God to expose the deception and reveal His truth. And He is a faithful God. Your guide is your Word. When you read His Word, it will expose deception. It will shine a light on the areas that you have been lied to, that you have been deceived. It doesn't doesn't feel good to hear that I've been deceived, I've been lied to. But what is awesome is knowing that when I go through this process, the Holy Spirit can take me into greater effectiveness and impact for Him where it's not about me. And so the question this morning is this, I believe, is what are you believing right now? What, have, what lies have you believed? What, what thing have you bought into that, that you know, this, is it, it's never gonna change. This thing's never gonna change. I'm so frustrated and I'm done. I'm sick of it. I'm angry and I'm hurting and I don't know why it's not changing. And, and, and is, that, is that the story? Is that the song? Have you bought into that lie? Or are you gonna allow the Holy Spirit to not wait for the person to change, but the Holy Spirit to change you? That's gonna give you a strength and a confidence to go into Christ. Or is, or is your confession, you know, oh, I like what you're selling, but I don't know if I'm picking up what you're laying down right now. It's not. Sounds nice out of the tongue, even comes with an accent, but <laughs> you don't know the situation. You, you know you're absolutely 100%. I don't know your situation, but I know God's truth. I know the truth of God's Word. I know that whatever it is, it has to submit to the name of Jesus because I know that greater is He that is in you than He that is in the world. It has to come into alignment with God's Word. It has to. It just has to. Now, timing, that's another conversation. That's gonna be a message on patience. But uh, timing is, I, I want it in my timing, right? But I wonder if we're spending so much time waiting for that other person to change, I wonder if it's the Holy Spirit actually using that thing to put a new grace, a new measure of faith, a new measure of hope. What is He establishing in you right now? What is He pioneering in your heart? Some of the greatest trials I've ever gone through were not because of, 
what I was doing. It was because of what other people were doing to me. But what God did in me in that season is has helped me become who I am today. Now, I'm not saying that, you know, I'm the fancy pants or anything like that. But I am saying is that God is going to use every, He uses everything to His works. He brings it into alignment for Him. It's true. How, good is, how good is God? How good is this that you come in right now all hot and heavy and can come in all emotional and this, that's never going to, it's just, oh my, you know. But if you trust in the Holy Spirit, who will guide you back into truth and the same path intellectually. So what is that thing that you need to lay on the table and say, Holy Spirit, expose it. Holy Spirit, expose it in this place. Expose it in my thinking, what I've, what I've believed. Reveal it, show it to me. And the Holy Spirit is so gracious and He's so kind that He'll gently lead you into truth. And the truth shall set you free. You know, Jesus came to testify to the truth. He is the way, the truth and the life. And having Jesus as the cornerstone or the foundation of your life is always going to bring you into the place that God has for you. You know, I can't promise you that the place that God has for you comes with smiles and happy, and happy times. There may be trials along the way, but I can promise you that if God is in control, you're in the right place. When you've surrendered it to God and given it to Him, God is such a gracious God.